Welcome to the Holy Smokes Podcast, a show about faith, friendships, fine tobacco and drink. I'm Steve Ryder, and I am in the illustrious Lion's Den in Monument, Colorado. Derek and Susan Fulmer, so gracious to let me host up here. And I am with the man himself, Derek Fulmer. Welcome to the podcast, my man. Thank you so much, Steve. It's always wonderful to see you, my man. All right. So first question I always ask, what you smoking? I am smoking a, from Cabo San Lucas, a Series P number two, Partagas. Love that cigar. It looks good. It looks yeah, good. Yeah, that's um, between that and the Monte Cristo number two. So I've actually seen, I'm a member of a few cigar groups on Facebook, and I've seen someone that has taken that ring, that number two ring, and made it actually into a metal ring that you can wear. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at that. I'm like, ooh, that'd be a sweet one yeah, to they're, have. They're pretty good cigars, but yeah, I'm. Uh, these are some of my faves. All right, and I have an Illusione one-off. And this is the first cigar that I fell in love with. So I smoked a little in college, but it was always just cheap cigars like Philly Titans and whatever <laughs> else that I could afford at the time. But I want to say it was around 2003 or four. I had a bunch of guys from Focus over to my house to play poker. And uh, Jerry Hanlon, he ran the uh, broadcast engineering department. He was the manager of the broadcast engineering department. He brought these. And there's something about this orange, r- the ring on this, that's an, just an orange peace sign. That is just, sign. I always thought that was just so cool. It's just this little that peace sign look, on, this, on cool. this cigar. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it, it eventually uh, stopped making them, but then Elusioni picked it up a couple years ago and re re-blended it and tried to get it as close as they could to what the original was. And is it a mild, medium, strong? I'd say it's a medium. medium. I'd say it's a medium. I, this is, I'm usually more of a Maduro. I've become a Maduro guy. I mm-hmm. love Maduros. But... This is one that uh, when Howard at Lucione sent me a bunch for the podcast, I was like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, so, all right, Derek, you're a Colorado kid, aren't you? Yes, I was born and raised in Boulder, Colorado, of all places. I uh, dreamed of playing for the Buffaloes, and um, I... Um, Lord gave me that dream, so I played for CU for uh, a few years, and yeah, I enjoyed it. Now, your last year that you played was Coach McCartney's, or Co- yeah, I was Coach uh, Mac's first year. No, I was Mac's second recruiting class. Oh, a second recruiting class. Second okay, recruiting. okay. so you played for Mac then. Yeah, oh, yeah, I played for Mac. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought he came in towards the end of your career. Mac's, but... Mac was one of the most masterful motivators I've ever come across, and um yeah, you know, I take some of his energy and intensity yeah. to what I do, but uh, he's a spectacular man. So, what position did you play? I played something like called a monster back. He was a cross between a linebacker and a, a free safety. Uh, when we played in the Big Eight, yeah, uh, it was a run conference. It's nothing like today. No, it was uh, three cloud, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, and you know, it was smash mouth, and, and it was big defense. Yeah, it was back, n- back it in was, the day. I yeah, mean. and we played Oklahoma and Nebraska when they were one and two, so it was a serious challenge, that's for sure. So, what were your, some of your favorite memories of those years? Well, we went to two bowl games. We, uh, my first year, we were one and ten. Ooh, and uh, Mac um, changed uh, offenses 
and we started to recruit all the best of the best, and uh, we had the greatest turnaround the next year. We went seven and four, and didn't look back, and then we won the national championship in 1990. What years did you play? I played 84 through 87. I uh, had a tough thing happen to me uh, in spring ball. I broke my back, mm. and that pretty much ended my career, but uh, I lettered three years and enjoyed it. How cool was it for you to have played with those young freshmen that eventually went on to win the national championship and see them develop and see them grow and see the program become what it became in the late 80s, early 90s, which was one of the preeminent powers in college football. Yeah, through you know eighty nine through ninety five, they were really, really one of the best in the in, yeah. in all the country. And to see some of the guys that uh, they were recruited, I kind of looked at them and said, "And this is a different caliber. I'm not quite used to this. these guys are faster, bigger, stronger." But it was a lot of fun. So, what kind of home did you grow up in? I grew up in a home. My mom, uh, you know, I had the drug problem. My my mom dragged me to church. <laughs> so uh, I was. Um, I like that. We I'm going to use a, that. I'm we, use to, that. So. we probably went to the only Southern Baptist church in all of Boulder. Uh, that was good. My father fell away from the faith, and it was um, spending time with Bill and, and David Wardell and a, a bunch of the guys, uh, Promise Keepers, that um, I brought my dad to the, one of the big conferences in 93 yeah. and reignited his faith and Ooh, we, wow. uh, we became really good friends his father and son from that point on and that yeah, was a big thing for us what did your dad do for work? he was kind of a wholesaler of um, magazines, books trinkets, souvenirs shirts uh, distributor all across the country Yeah, yeah. siblings? I have a, a wonderful sister. She's a redhead, and she's going to be um, married here in December, and I'm going to officiate the wedding. Oh, wow. Here at the uh, Full Morado. Uh, so that, it'll be a lot of fun, but yeah, one, one, one sister. So just the two of you. Mm-hmm. What was Boulder like growing up in the late 70s, early 80s? Because you see it right now, and you know, there's a caricature here in Colorado about the People's Republic of Boulder. Well, yeah, I, I know that for sure. It's a exceedingly liberal town, but it didn't. I didn't see the difficulties growing up that you see today. Today, it is you know the education across the land, and certainly in Boulder, is um, very difficult on people of faith. Certainly, teachers and administrators so you know being a part of FCA was a big thing for me in this public school systems where we could bring faith into a pretty hostile environment for faith-based people so um, but yeah I really enjoyed my time in Boulder and it was didn't seem to uh, bother me too much and then uh, but then you know as the years go on it's like whoa this thing's turning it changed considerably after I, I left for college so let me ask you this, because I grew up just north of Madison, Wisconsin, which I remember distinctly watching a 2020 report about the first gay pride statue in America went up in Madison, Wisconsin. And they mentioned that gay pride statue in a public park. 
And I remember them saying that, get, that Madison had the second highest gay per capita population outside of San Francisco, which for me growing up in that kind of environment in a very conservative home, growing up around that other side of the political spectrum, it gave me a unique view about them as, as individuals. Like I got to know them as individuals. And so it humanized them, if you will, and gave me real an appreciation for what they wanted to do. I mean, I felt and still feel a lot of it is misguided, but at the same time though, I can relate to them as individuals as opposed to a caricature, if you will, of you know the godless left or whatever it is that, that people want to associate with that. Did you have any of that growing up at all? Not a lot, but I hear what you're saying. Uh, Boulder is very, very liberal. Uh, didn't really, growing up, uh, phase me that much. So, yeah, I feel, you know, I feel I have a, we're all God's children, yeah. whether we know it or not. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just depending on what we believe and, and how we live depends on our neighborhood in eternity. So one one neighborhood's going to be there and one neighborhood's going to be over there. But I think we're all, we have a tendency to make too much of people's stuff. We all got stuff. And, you yeah. know, if we treated everybody from a baseline and see them with redemptive eyes that God sees them, I think, I think that uh, we could do, a, we'd be a better place. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So after football, injury takes you out. What'd you go to school for? Uh, marketing and finance. Okay. And then I got a master's degree in business education. Went to Hawaii. Lord sent me there to... University of Hawaii? No. I taught high school. Okay. And uh, he allowed me to uh, surf and golf every day, <laughs> uh, which was a wonderful thing. <laughs> um, so uh, we did Bible studies, and I got to know the, the Kauai Classic, the best surfers in the world. So I surfed with them back in the day. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, came back, taught football. Um, here in Colorado? Here in Colorado. My, um, uh, one of my really good buddies, uh, Tom McCartney, Tom, uh, Billy's son, yeah. has been um, head football coach for F uh, Fairview High School for almost 30 years. Yeah. Uh, beautiful man. Powerful, Where's Fairview? Powerful king. That's in Boulder. Okay. So I went back to Boulder and coached and taught there. And uh, At that time... The Holy Spirit got a hold of me, and um, long story short, just I, I started Fellowship of Christian Athletes full time, and was on a journey for that for seventeen years. So that's where I first got to meet you. Yeah, I was coaching high school football at Falcon High School, working full time over at Focus on the Family, and they graciously let me work my schedule around so I could coach football. And it was some incredible years. I, I mean, I'm still friends with a lot of those kids. I still call them kids even though they're older than I was when I was coaching them now. It's a tremendous opportunity to be able to invest the gospel and um, discipleship into a, a lot of very wonderful young men and women that don't have that growing up. And a lot of them don't have you know, a good father figure or a good mother figure or a good home life or they come from just abuse or whatever else. And for me, I... I I remember one of them that I'm still really close with. He lost his dad when he was a freshman in high school, and he went off the rails. I mean, he was one of my FCA kids and just an outstanding kid. And when he lost his dad, he really became angry with God. 
but you know, still to this day, he's still a very, very special young, young man in my life. And that brings us to a point. I, you know, I'm a big unity guy, and I think you know the, the family of God is the church, and the church represents everybody who's a follower of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit takes us on all kinds of different directions, whether it's inside a, a building or in a ministry or a work of the Holy Spirit. I, 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 you know, I've enjoyed being able to meet a lot of people in a very many different segments of, of the faith. So those years that you were at FCA, what, what were your responsibilities? You were the state coordinator, Yeah, right? I started, um, you know, I've seen FCA from pretty much every angle. I started out as the Boulder City Director or Rep and then became a multi-area director. Then I became the State Director. Then I became a Regional Director and then did some national and international ministry at FCA. So I've seen a lot in 17 years. And um, But that was, you know, um, a really sweet time in my life. It was, we saw a lot. We saw thousands and thousands and thousands of kids come to Jesus. And what we wanted to do was kind of work hard on the back end to try to make sure that we, once they gave their life to Jesus, they had somebody there to, uh, to mentor and disciple them. That, that was a big thing, and that was a big thing on my heart. So then after that, I, the Lord led me to Kingdom Building Leadership Ministries, where I was able to mentor and disciple uh, business leaders in Colorado. So I did that for 10 years. <laughs> So during that FCA years, what are some memories that really stand out that that when you think about that time, just, oh yeah, just it warms your heart? Yeah, when I was the camp director at um, Estes Park, Colorado, it was the largest national camp in FCA. Sometimes we had a thousand kids there and we had hundreds of volunteers and we got to see the Holy Spirit work miracles on kids' lives, the huddle leaders' lives. Hundreds and hundreds of kids would come to Jesus, um, see some radical conversions. And that camp experience for maybe about 10 days a year uh, was uh, <laughs> really powerful. To see God work in such an amazing way over such a, you know, a, a prolonged period of 10 days. Um, yeah, that was... That was that was one of the awesome ones. To, to be able to oversee and to facilitate and to help leaders grow in FCA was also an awesome thing. I got to see a lot of powerful men and women uh, grow in their leadership and, and really impact um, their sphere and, and influence uh, families and uh, towns and country in this country, for sure. So... After FCA, you said 10 years of developing business leaders. What did that look like? What were those years like? Yeah, so from that, we were we developed a community ministry in FCA. Uh, really didn't have anything like that. Basically, it was relationship and friendship-based mm-hmm. with the benefactors. So instead of just saying, okay, would you give this so that we can do this, we wanted to minister to the heart and the soul of the people that were giving. And so that we started doing that a um, long time ago, and it grew leaps, leaps and bounds, and we hired people to come in and um, help oversee that. And then the Lord really wanted me to do that full-time. 
I was a you know evangelical world for quite a while, and um, you know one of my memories was uh, in Essex Park giving a, a call to Jesus, and uh, five six hundred people went came down, and that was surreal. I mean that's just Steve. That's <laughs> That's surreal. So he took me from that kind of world and preaching in Italy and other places to, okay, I want you to spend a lot of time digging deep with people mm-hmm. and really strengthening their faith, their uh, their ability to live out the gospel in their lives and impact their, their sphere of influence around them. So, yeah, and I was uh, mentoring you know, about 40, 40-ish men a week so that's that's been a lot of fun so married married to an amazing amazing woman Susan she's the love of my life and um, uh, together we've got uh, three kids four grandkids and um, yeah it's been a beautiful thing I went through a a very difficult period uh, before Susan Uh, I was married and um uh, that didn't work out. Was married for 19 years, mm. and uh, went through a lot of pain and difficulty, and learning and growing. And what and, happened? Um, you know, I think as uh, some people, when we get married, some people change, and things get difficult, and um, medical issues come in, and so those issues became more and more and more difficult in in trying and. Uh, went through a lot of counseling, and um, I think the Lord uh, released me. It was a time where I learned lessons that I couldn't learn any other way that he took me through some difficult journeys, and that was a difficult journey. Mm. Um, and for all those listening, I, I know for sure that you know he released me. We did everything we could, uh, and uh, it was time to move. Because we were following, you know, the Lord, I followed what the Lord was saying to the letter, and um, uh, he blessed me <laughs> beyond my, my dreams with Susan. We've been married five years, and uh, it's been... She's a special lady. She is. She's a rock star. She's awesome. I, you all punted your coverage. I, I yeah, you all punted it, yeah. It was, she's so good. I love her dearly. So, what are you doing now? Mm. Lord's taken me through a, um, a quieting period, a couple years, where I've He's sat me down, and I have, and, you know, He said, you know, don't. This is a time where you're not going to be able to do a whole lot. I'm going to take you to a deep, deep, deep place, and it's going to be very difficult. Mm. Um, mm. Financially, He took the best of who I was. So I, I had to release and relinquish and give him everything at, during this time. But this time is in the cave is... When did that season start? Well, a couple of years ago. Okay. It's been very difficult. I've had some, you know, some very difficult times where Christian brothers didn't uh, act very godly. <laughs> no. And, you know, friendly fire is very painful and it happens a lot in the, in the church. Uh, so I, you know, went through that period, and so over the last couple of years, uh, I've learned a lot about what's important, what's not important, um, 
where I fit into the scheme of this amazing God. And um, I've had to quiet my soul. Um, and out of that came the lion's den. And um, to be able to really just love on people and serve people uh, just for no other reason than to serve people and to love people. No angles, mm-hmm. no agendas. So that's been, you know, it's been a huge change. Uh, he's changed my ecclesiology, he's changed my eschatology during this Cape time. Um, I, he's done a lot. It's been brutal, but it's been, I would call it this, uh, painfully blissful. And I know, Steve, you know that yeah. uh, what I'm talking about. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, um, on the, uh, I'm come, he's letting me see the, the light of out of the cave a little bit here, and I'm I'm enjoying that, and going to be working with some guys. Uh, I've made a lot of new friends during this time. Many of them in Holy Smokes. Through Holy Smokes, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. Um, some of the finest men I've ever met. Oh my gosh! Some of the finest men I've ever met. Yeah. Are in the Holy Smokes. Without question. Without question. And they have no religious spirits. They're beautiful souls. They are powerful. They're loving. They're kind. They're, they've level set. You know, a lot of these men are older. And it is a, a joy to open up the doors to see these men and to hear their stories and to feel and experience their lives that's just enriches all of us so it's it's an absolute privilege to be a part of holy smokes and you know the religious people probably don't understand that but it has been a tremendous blessing so you mentioned that god's really been teaching you about what's important and what's not important what are those things that that he's taught you that you found to be important in your life well, the, the Holy Spirit told me one, uh, he gave me one lane after months and months just quieting and, and not doing pretty much anything except for spending time with him is um, Acts 2.42, where it is um, life is built in him, with him, in relationship for friendship. Mm. And I'm not... Um, going forward, I was a very, very strong Sardis platform preacher, teacher. Now I've um, experienced the blessing of being more of a Philadelphian type uh, dialogue, enjoying growing together, and that's been a huge change. I don't, I supremely value a friendship more than I ever had. Ooh, ooh. And friendship to me going forward is of supreme importance, especially with Jesus. He's just been a tremendous friend, and I want to be a tremendous friend for him. Mm. And to learn those lessons, they're very, they're costly, they're difficult, but they are important. And I want to be able to place a trust in men and the ones that have the capacity and learned the importance of friendship, I want to walk with those people. Whether you have a, you know, you can speak with tongues of men and angels and you have some extraordinarily 
amazing anointing and this. There's too many of those people that have crashed and burned. But the ones that really enjoy friendship mm-hmm. and um, want to walk in friendship with others, I, I have, that's one of the things that I've found to be supremely um, blessed with going coming out of the cave. That's awesome. That's fantastic. So we are going to go to rapid-fire questions. Whoa. Hey, everyone. Before we get to Derek's rapid-fire questions, I'd like to talk to you about today's sponsor, you. Your tax-deductible donations are what's going to allow us to help spread the word about our excellent little group and the message of faith, friendship, fine tobacco, and drink. You can go to paypal.me slash holysmokesclub or become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash holysmokes. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a support platform where you can support us monthly and get great bonuses like an ad-free version of this podcast, bonus content, Holy Smokes t-shirt, and eventually more swag and other bonuses. Go to patreon.com slash holysmokes to learn more. That's patreon.com slash holysmokes. Now, on to Derek Fulmer's Rapid Fire segment. Rapid Fire! Fire. <laughs> Alright, cigars or pipe? Cigars. Favorite cigar? Monte Cristo number two. Best dollar for dollar cigar? Leaf by Oscar Corojo. Nice. What is your splurge cigar? Where you're going to celebrate and you're going to drop some coin. It's Monte Cristo number two. Monte Cristo number yeah, two. Yeah, do those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your go-to place to get your smokes? I go to Thompson, Thompson Cigar, Cigar International. I'll go to Smoker Friendly in Castle Rock where we have a whole bunch of holy smokers hanging out there every day. So that's pretty much where I go. Favorite liquid pairing with your smoke? I don't have a favorite, but um, I'm, I'm a McCallum guy. I like doers. I like... You know, stuff like that. Most memorable cigar experience. Recently, we had a a golf uh, Ryder Cup in Cabo San Lucas with some amazing men. And we had about 16 guys uh, that got together that were overlooking the Pacific in this amazing home. And we had a cigar roller. We got cigars, and we all sat around, and we were all looking out and enjoyed each other, enjoyed conversation, enjoyed Jesus, and um, uh, we did that for like three days, so that was a recent experience. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Dogs, cats, neither, or both? Dogs all the way. (laughs) Your favorite food? You're kicking back, you're celebrating, what's your go-to? A ribeye steak, some lobster, yeah. Some surf and turf. Surf and turf. <laughs> Most expensive cigar you've ever smoked? Bahiba? Um, but Cohiba? No. no. It's, um, you know, I can't, I, I'm amazed I can't remember that. It was $105. Was it worth it? <laughs> Depending on the monthly income coming in. <laughs> yeah, it was spectacular. It was good. Nice. All right, final two questions. Mm. If you could have a holy smoke, 
with any three people throughout history, living or deceased, who would they be? You can't name Jesus. I supremely value friendship, and three guys that I feel epitomize friendship more than I've seen in any Christian brother are three guys that I would I'd sit down and have a cigar with, and that's Reed Grafke. Reed's a good dude. I love him. Demetrius Giannopoulos. Demetrius, I love that dude too. Guys, we'll have him on the podcast in 2020. He's just, Promise. He's awesome. As well as Reed. And probably one of the top spiritual fathers I've ever seen or heard of is John Peterson. John Peterson. Yeah. So I, I love hanging with my bros. I'll start it in with those three. <laughs> All right, final question. If I'm coming here one year from now, one year from today, and I got a bottle of champagne, what are we celebrating? We are celebrating that God has opened the doors for city transformation that we have not seen yet. And the Holy Spirit is, is touching lives where we have not seen yet. That would be worthy of celebration. So what exactly does that look like? What exactly are you looking for to help to start to see that take place? Yeah, to see to see the leaders, the Pauline leaders, the apostolic and prophetic come together and unite in order to oversee small simple gatherings of believers and they are learning and growing and dialoguing together around scripture and the meal. Uh, to be able to see that grow and to see that be a, a reality among along the front range and in the United States and the world. I, I love to see a rebirth of what happened to the church from Pentecost the first 300 years. That would be worthy of celebration. Derek Fulmer, thanks for being on the Holy Smokes podcast. Love you, brother. Love you, Steve. You're the man. 